now, Backyard Millionaire. How to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Here's your host, Chris Story. You have the right, not just to remain silent, but you have the right to be rich. It's not a privilege being rich. You have a right to be rich. In fact, it's a birthright to be rich, which means the corollary is true. You also get to choose what does rich mean to you. For some, and you probably know these people, being rich is enough, having enough. And that's right for them. Maybe not right for you, but that's right for them because that's what rich means to that person. Others want more than enough. That's that's their definition of rich is more than enough. I want to have more than enough. I want that's my definition of rich. That security to me is having more than enough. And that's good. Awesome. Good for you. That's your right. Now, still others and you know these people too, their definition of rich is there ain't never enough. There's just not enough. There just isn't for these people. And that's their definition. You and I can look at that and say, oh, that'd be miserable. Are you kidding me? No, that's not my definition of rich. It doesn't matter. It's theirs. What you and I need to accept is that you have the right to be rich, as rich as you want, so long as it's your choice. You're living by your choice, your plan. The backyard millionaire formula is the world's greatest way to get rich slowly. <laughs> and, that, and for some people, it doesn't work. You know, they want to have 48 doors by, uh, by next spring. And that's fine. That's for them. They want to flip and get rich. They want to do all these different things quickly. And that's for them, not me. And I don't think it's for you or you and I wouldn't spend so much time together. But that's okay. Whatever works for you and your definition of getting rich, so long as you follow the law of compensation such that you are delivering more in use value than you take in cash value. Emerson's law of compensation states whatever is given must be gotten in return. You cannot help but get when you give. So as long as you're not taking, stealing, or abusing or manipulating, how you get rich is up to you and how much equals rich is likewise up to you. There's not a single person on the planet that the backyard formula, backyard millionaire formula won't work for. Not one. And what is that formula? The formula could be expressed a couple ways. Could be uh, own and acquire four homes in your own backyard and you'll have a net worth of a million dollars. You'll have cash flow, tax benefits and shelters, and you'll have a net worth of a million dollars with just four homes. Now remember that that, and I may remind you here that that formula was devised in a different era. We'll talk about today's median home price. So you could pare that down to two. I still want it to be four because of the cash flow. But another way to express the backyard millionaire formula is this way. L times E equals G. Leverage multiplied by effort equals gold. Now, gold is a placeholder. It's expressed as the word gold, but it's a placeholder in this formula for health, wealth, monetary wealth, prosperity. Remember, prosperity is defined by Buckminster Fuller as the amount of wealth, money you have going forward in time without working for it. Better relationships. Yeah, gold could equal a better relationship. Gold could literally mean a gold medal. 
first place in something. Gold could be a placeholder for your golf game. Whatever it is you're looking for, six-pack. I mean, I'm pointing to my abdomen when I say that, six-pack. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Gold equals whatever you want in this formula. You can apply this formula to anything in life. L times E equals G. Now, in real estate, the leverage piece of this puzzle is pretty obvious. Leverage is other people's money. Mortgages, it's, it's loans, it's using equity from capital from another person to leverage your investment, taking your small amount of capital and multiplying it times the leverage of somebody else's money at a cost, ain't ever free, and that will equal the reward. It's a way to multiply your own efforts. Now, when I say effort, I do mean, and speaking just in real estate terms here, it does take effort. You hear about passive income and uh, make money while you sleep. Yeah, of course, that's all available to you in real estate, but you still need to apply some effort. Don't believe me? Come with me to a project I'm working on in a home I'm remodeling. We've owned it for 20 years. I put in a massive amount of effort 20 years ago, a small amount of money, massive amount of effort. And now here 20 years later, this home has made us hundreds of thousands of dollars and we're going back to put in a pretty massive amount of effort and, and some money, not a lot, but some, and going to increase the reward, increase the cash flow, increase its net worth, its, its own value, increase our net worth, and increase the cash flow monthly, dramatically, such that the money we're putting in will be recouped inside of 24 months, and then it'll just be excess cash flow from there on. Other people's money is a dangerous conversation because other people, not everybody understands other people's money. I'll give you an example. If you're using a credit card, that's, that's the most dangerous kind of other people's money that exists. Do you realize in America today, right now, today, in 2023, this is the highest credit card interest rates ever paid, historically speaking, and the highest amount owed today. We owe more on credit cards today as a nation than we ever have in the past. And why wouldn't we, when you look at what's happened to the public, uh, the public treasury? We owe $33 trillion interest upon compounding interest upon compounding interest generationally going forward. So it's a mindset, and that's a dangerous mindset, especially when you're talking about your own investment portfolio. Using a credit card should be the last resort. There are times that it is appropriate and applicable very few times. It's a dangerous game and I don't suggest it ever. If you're going to, let's just say you want to use other people's money in renovating a property. Maybe you've acquired a property, you've exhausted your cash, your capital's gone because you've invested it into this property. You're not going to get into your rainy day fund. This is your investment account and you've exhausted it just acquiring the property, but it still needs work. There is a, a HUD offers a renovation loan up to $25,000 for a single family home. And I believe $10,000 per unit up to a fourplex. So $40,000 on a fourplex, $20,000 on a duplex. A single family gets a little bit more than a duplex, but you get the idea. It's an incredible rehab type program. They dump the money into your account. You get to spend it as you see fit. That's a safe and effective use of other people's money. It is a second, and it's usually at a higher interest rate than mortgages. But nevertheless, it's a great and effective way to utilize other people's money. One of the dangerous ways of thinking about other people's money is what so many 
politicians will argue is smartly using other people's money to the benefit of the whole or the, the greater good and but it's really just borrowing on future generations so I think you get the picture. This is what we're talking about in real estate. It's really easy to see that leverage is money, other people's money, OPM. But in life, it, leverage can look a little less obvious. Like in relationships, that is a form of leverage. Relationships, having a relationship is a form of leverage. I was just talking to an incredibly successful friend of mine, and he said, you know, I've noticed the relationships I've built up to age 50 are catapulting me into the later years. Into my later years, I'm drawing on the value of those relationships that I earned up to age 50. And they haven't gone anywhere, they've just gotten better and cemented and they become golden. So relationships are a form of leverage. And this is why it is so incredibly valuable to learn how to influence people and win friends. Excellent little book. I've got um, a little tiny pocket copy here at my desk. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, written in 1936. I suggest you get a copy. I've got a, I've got a hardcover copy at home. I've got a little paperback here. I've got, in fact, I used to keep one in my truck. And if I'd be somewhere waiting online or whatever, I'd whip that puppy out and just kind of get in a, a couple of lines, a chapter, a paragraph, whatever. It's a really incredible book. Relationships. How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a big part of life. Health now. Let's talk about leverage and health. A good diet is leverage. Getting coaching is leverage. Getting health coaching, getting, getting a hold of good whole foods is going to leverage your health forward. Combined with community, back to relationships, that's leverage in your health. Having a community, having a sense of belonging, that's a huge piece. It's a huge crowbar in life. And the leverage of life is relationships, exercise, movement, health, these things are all combined together as a huge piece of leverage. Now, in your job, leverage looks a little bit more like doing more than you're paid to do until one day you're paid to do more than you do. Your, your, in, your income exceeds what you actually do. That's leverage in your job. Now, again, leveraging in relationships is going to give. You can't help but get, but you go to give. Those are the healthiest kinds of relationships and how to leverage. And the, the word leverage in relationships can often sound a little bit like, a, like the, almost an artifice of manipulation. And that's not what I intend to mean. And if, you, if you've read Dale Carnegie's book, you know that it's not about manipulation in an evil way. It's about manipulating for the benefit of both parties involved. Okay, so there it is. Leverage multiplied by effort equals gold. No matter what it is you're looking for, gold can equal health, wealth, prosperity, or just the best relationship you could imagine. So it's gonna be another mountain Always gonna wanna make it move Always gonna be an uphill battle Sometimes I'm gonna have to lose Ain't about how fast I get there Ain't about what's waiting on the other side It's the climb Today on Backyard Millionaire Radio, we're going to be talking about market-based realities. What happened in 2023 and what's going to be coming up. Plus, I've got some breaking news and I want to break down the massive lawsuit, the class action lawsuit that's being railed right now against the National Association of Realtors. I'm Christopher Story along with Mr. David Webb. A lot more to come right here on Backyard Millionaire. I gotta be strong. Just 
introducing to the backyard millionaire how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm Chris Story. You can find me online at ilovehomeralaska.com. ilovehomeralaska.com. On effort, let's talk about effort for just a minute. I want to get to the realtor lawsuit that's happening right now, nationwide, big, huge class action lawsuit, uh, and get to some breaking news about the median home price. However, I want to just spend another minute on effort because if the backyard millionaire formula is correct, and it is, Leverage times effort equals gold. Well, what what is effort anyway? And and sounds exhausting. Well, the reality is effort needn't be arduous. The Zen saying, I think, says it so best that grass doesn't strain to grow. And, And this isn't to say that you can just do this from the couch. However, when you're in the right groove, effort comes naturally. And you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. You've been in that flow state where you can work madly without stopping, without breaking, next thing you know, 10 hours, 12 hours, eight hours, whatever is gone by and like, wait a minute, where, where'd the day go? And you're not even exhausted. In fact, you know that feeling so well that when you've had a day of purpose and on purpose like this, you're actually exhilarated. More so than maybe a day of rest, un, unintended, just kind of lays in about and you kind of feel like, ah, oh, man. But after a day of hard, quote, effort, Grass not straining to grow, but hard effort towards what it is you've wanted to accomplish and set out to accomplish. That day, you feel fantastic. Earl Nightingale said it best when he said, the definition of success, and this didn't change for, I mean, he put this together in 1951, 1952 on his radio program, and it never changed throughout the rest of his life, that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. The progressive realization of a worthy ideal ideal. So effort can look effortless to people watching. If you watch somebody do something that they're passionate about and they love, it looks effortless because that effort is on purpose and with a passion and they're in the groove and they're in that flow state. What you and I want to do, and I think what progressive means is to keep moving. You know, you're on your way, grow all the way to the finish line. All right, National Association of Realtors, of which I am a member, full disclosure, have been for 21 years. I love the organization. Is it perfect? No. 1.3 million of us belong to that organization. We're one of the largest lobby groups in the nation. And this isn't coming from corporate money, by the way. That, that lobby, that effort is small town people just like me. Realtors all across the country, just like me, that put up 20, 40, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. We do auctions. We raise our own money from within our organization. And we, we send a, a lobby effort to our state capitals, to our national capital, and always with an eye towards protecting your private property rights, period. That's it. It's not about our role in the world and and to to better ourselves. However, I will say that our lobby went to work immediately upon the lockdowns in 2020 and and got the declaration that realtors were considered to be essential workers. Now, I, I, I know we're all collectively rolling our eyes. The point is, that's the kind of thing that our lobby does. And that's about the one thing I can imagine or I can recall in the last 21 years that really was a very pointedly in our benefit specifically, but in so doing in your benefit that we were able to keep working and keep going and uh, helping people buy and sell their property and make investments. So all of this to say, 
I'm going to bring you, about this lawsuit, I'm going to bring you expert analysis of which I'm not capable of making. Not an attorney, won't pretend to be one here on the radio. But essentially, best I can tell, this is an attack on the real estate industry. And lawyers have gathered together and created a class action suit uh, attempting to upend our industry in a certain way that would lead to some reforms. Now, one reform that I'm going to be okay with, if it comes out that cooperative brokers are no longer going to be required to offer any compensation to a buyer's broker through the MLS, if that's the way that, fine. I'm all about a free market. I want it to be as free as possible. That's one thing. But I just want to remind you, we have a 110-plus-year-old code of ethics by which we hold ourselves to as realtors. We hold ourselves to this work ethic, this code of ethics, that oftentimes rises to a higher level than what the law requires. And in fact, in courts, in certain cases, the judge has looked to the code of ethics and said, okay, this is a clear violation of your own self-sworn code, and I'm going to hold you to that. We're not going anywhere. So this court case is ongoing, started, what, yesterday? No, today's the 19th. It started three days ago. I mean, we're talking about some big people, big names out there. Gary Keller, founder of Keller Williams, been on the stand. He's being deposed. They're one of the plaintiffs, uh, the defendants actually named National Association of Realtors, Keller Williams. And we'll see where it goes. And I'm going to do my best to get somebody from our D.C. office to uh, bring expert analysis here so you and I can, can get a better understanding of actually what's at stake. There's a lot of chatter on the Internet, as you can imagine. It's almost become an obsession with uh, some people. Um, but realtors, we're not going anywhere. I am a realtor. I pledge myself to protect the individual right of real estate ownership and to widen the opportunity to enjoy it. I pledge myself to be honorable and honest in all of my dealings, to seek better to represent my clients by building my knowledge and competence. I pledge myself to act fairly towards all in the spirit of the golden rule. I pledge myself to observe the Realtor Code of Ethics and to conform my conduct to its lofty ideals. I am a realtor. I don't know where I'm going But I sure know where I've been Hanging on the promises and songs of yesterday And I've made up my mind I ain't wasting no more time You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth, Where You Are with What You've Got. I'm going to be talking about the law of economics. And I, I woke up this morning, as I try to do every morning, and I read from Wallace D. Waddle's 
science of getting rich. And every now and then, I like to um, I like to bring you a little tidbit of what I'm reading. You know that reading every single day. I'll tell you what I'm reading right now. What's on the rundown? And that is the science of getting rich. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I'm reading Donald Trump's The Art of the Comeback. I was talking to a good friend yesterday. He's a business guy. And uh, he's getting ready to go do some business in another state. And um, we were just chatting. And he said something about he didn't like Donald Trump. But anyway, I just, I thought, well, that's, it's interesting. He has that effect on people. And he, he always has. His whole life he's been polarized. And I'm reading The Art of the Comeback. And it's like, of course, no, of course some people don't like him. I mean, he's caustic, he's rude, he's, he's vitriolic, he's vindictive. You read this book and you, you read about a guy who is, man, if you're not loyal, whew, ooh, you know, it's like, that's, that's how he is. But this art of the comeback, I recommend, I, I told you before, I, I didn't buy it because it, in 2020, post-election 2020, it was on sale everywhere you could find it for $700,000, $800,000 or more, $1,500. I got a first edition copy. You see, I waited. And the market, the book market is, is it's a very fungible market. It's very flexible with the winds of, you know, the public square, if you will, or the mob, I guess. And so the mob sort of relaxed on this book and it went down to $24. It's like, yeah, I scored a, a great first edition copy, almost perfect condition for 24 bucks. Uh, I feel really good about it. But it's really interesting because all through it, Donald Trump's outlining a recipe for disaster and success. Anyway, so I, I, I read widely. I'm also reading Ayn Rand's um, Fountainhead currently. And I've also got a copy of, um, Tiffany got it for me for my uh, for our anniversary, uh, The Animal Farm by George Orwell. And I've started that, but I haven't delved into it. It's a very short little book, but... Um, I'm actually really looking forward to probably this weekend we'll, we'll get that read. But anyway, I, I just can't say enough about starting the day for me. This works for me, may not work for you, with something positive. Reading something that I find inspirational, reading something that wakens up my mind, heart, and soul. And it's so much. There have been times in my life where I've succumbed to the phone. You know, you, sometimes you can't help it. You wake up and you check the, the phone. To, you know, in my case, I look and see what time it is. And if there's a, an urgent text message, it's coming overnight or something, then I'll, I'll read it. But I, I, I resist actually opening any email or looking at the news of the world until I've actually started thinking and, and sort of cranked the engine of my own mind and, and warmed it up to a point where I know that I'm going to be in control of it. And I'm going to control my day. My day isn't going to control me. To me, that makes all the difference. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day 
Even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire. What an incredible dream. I think about Dr. Martin Luther King, and I wonder, with some of the turn of events that you and I have seen over the last number of years, I wonder what he would say about them. I don't think we have to wonder. I think we just heard it. Shall not be judged by the color of their skin, rather the content of their character. Thank you for being here. We're going to talk about some market realities, dip into what Dave Ramsey thinks ha- is happening, law of economics, and the secret. Listen to this now. The secret to the greatest relationship in the world. When we return here to the Backyard Millionaire. Stick around. You're listening to the Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. If you find this show interesting, I think you'd love the book. The Backyard Millionaire. It's available at ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash books. You can just click on it there, buy it. You can get an e-copy, e, what do you call it, e-book, hardcover, paperback, or audible, or all four. I mean, why not have it anywhere and everywhere? Michael Duke's rendition, by the way, on the audible version is amazing. And I say that with all humility that I wrote it aside. I know that. It's my humility that makes me great. You know that. But Michael Duke's version of, the, of that book, of that story, is, it's heartwarming. It's epic. He did such a good job of bringing the characters to life. Because that's the thing about The Backyard Millionaire, the book, How to Create Wealth, Where You Are with What You've Got. It's not a manual per se or a how-to really. It's a story. It's my story. It's Tiffany and my story, basically, essentially woven into it's fictionalized. But people that I have been influenced by, books that I've read, and people in my life, starting with my father, influencing me and my mind towards wealth creation and towards the life that Tiffany and I have carved out for each other and with our with each other and for ourselves, is all in that story. And uh, I gave a copy to a gentleman one day, and he said to me, and I never expected this because this is a like a regular guy. I don't want to say he's a bro, but he's a regular guy. He's not some, you know, Nancy pansy, you know, I mean, he's a regular guy. He's like a guy's guy, he does physical work. He's a guy. And he said he got to a certain part of the book and he said a bright tear to his eye and he cried. And that just, it floored me. The Backyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth, Where You Are with What You've Got, available at ilovehomeralaska.com. A financial success starts in the mind. If you have a good attitude about money, if you like thinking about it and reading about it and learning how to manage it effectively, you will find it easy to accumulate enough wealth to lead a very comfortable life. But if you have negative ideas around money, it's hard to make, you'll never have enough of it, you don't like checking your bank account because you're afraid of what it's gonna tell you, guess what? You're going to find it very difficult to make, save, and manage your money. And you'll probably never get to a place where you're entirely free from financial worry. That's because the messages we received in childhood form our earliest impressions about money. 
We hear our parents arguing because they don't have enough, and that teaches us that money causes unhappiness. Or we're told that the cool toy we really want is too expensive, and our takeaway is that we don't deserve the nice things money can buy. Or we hear adults groaning about doing their taxes, and we understand that managing our money is boring and difficult. And so we form negative beliefs around money that sabotage our financial success. Now consider these beliefs. For example, do any of them sound familiar to you? Wealth brings pain and misery. Anytime children hear their parents or other adults complaining about not having enough money or about how hard it is to make money, it encourages them to attach negative emotions to the idea of money. Or how about this one? Becoming rich would violate the family code. In many low to middle class income families, there's a belief that rich people earn their wealth on the back of the poor. Now this isn't always true, of course, but in some households, being poor is a badge of honor and keeps you equal to the rest of your family or your neighbors. These days we've been looking up, we got so much to say, we got someone to love, we got good friends, they're so good to us, and haters can hate, and fakers can front, so we try to You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. That was Jack Canfield, co-founder of Chicken Soup for the Souls. He's got another great book. If you don't have it, it should be in your library called Success Principles. Again, Jack Canfield. Tiffany and I went to Las Vegas uh, and saw him in a, in a huge stadium. It was just one of the humblest and most down-to-earth people. He flew there on a Falcon, you know, his own private Falcon jet, and he still was just absolutely just the nicest guy. He stood in line forever to let people shake his hands. And, and that's a true sign of character, I think, that once you're, what did they sell chicken soup for a billion dollars, whatever it was? I mean, it was an absolute fortune. He and Mark Victor Hansen, and still down-to-earth guy. Ripped from the headlines, this just in, U.S. median home price has soared 6.23% to $424,000 over last year. That's right, 6.3% over last year, up to $424,000 median. And remember, median means as many sold above as below. It's a better indicator of the market health than is average because the average can be skewed. Uh, by a high or a low, and so the median is really what most experts are looking at to indicate what's happened and what is happening in the real estate market. Ramsey, Dave Ramsey's company has an uh, interesting article out right now, and they say real estate housing market 2023. Okay, first things first, 2023 is not 2021. The crazy way houses, this is again from Ramsey Solutions, the crazy way houses were getting multiple offers and selling for thousands of dollars over asking price within hours of going out to the market is pretty much over. But the U.S. real estate market is still strong. It's just not crazy anymore. And really crazy just adds an extra level of stress to buying and selling a home. That is absolutely true. You'd think, oh, must be great. And see, here's what happens. Whenever there's an incredible market, I was telling my brother this the other day. I, my brother Garrett and I have been talking a lot about this NER lawsuit and just kind of 
you know, playing a little bit devil's advocate and debating back and forth on the merits of what we understand the case to be and, and kind of what the role. My brother used to be a realtor with us here at Story Real Estate. So he's, um, he, you know, he understands this stuff from two different levels. And anyway, it's interesting because I said it's, it's not lost on me that this massive class action lawsuit is coming on the heels of what looked like this crazy, well, that's what Ramsey Solutions called it, a crazy market where everybody knew somebody trying to buy and or selling and there was multiple multiple offers many of them cash many of them over asking and so suddenly there's this massive lawsuit and you know and also what you always see in the good markets you see the influx and an increase of those looking to get into the business either in the form of becoming realtors or becoming mortgage brokers or you know moving from this side of the bank over to the mortgage side of the bank because they see, wow, look at all this, it's a rising tide. And then as Warren Buffett said, when the tide goes out, that's when you find out who's not wearing any swimsuits. And that's where we're at today. The tide has gone out, a lot of the low hanging fruits gone. And so what we're seeing is you have to work like never before to keep put deals together and keep deals together. However, I will say this, and this is not just where I'm at. This is very good indication of probably where you might be at as well. There are small pockets within every market where the demand is so pent up and supplies are so limited. If priced right, it's still going to garner that kind of, I don't want to call it crazy anymore, but you're still going to get a fervor and multiple offers. Zoe and I just went through this. My daughter Zoe and I just listed a home and we just went through this. Three offers in instantly two out of the three over asking and it just that was just last week and we're here in mid-october of 2023 so it can happen and what i suggest to everybody is to polish the apple make sure you're putting both your best foot forward on condition and price and the price better reflect the realities of the condition see what's happening at this point in time with near eight percent interest rates you can get better but let's just call it on average near eight percent interest rates Buyers are reacting to the payment sensitivity. I mean, that's like, it isn't just the price of the house, it's the payment. I just did a um, kind of a what if scenario with a potential investor. And, you know, I'm not going to get into specifics, but I basically, I just said, I just ran a quick amortization. And I said, well, here's what your P&I, your principal and interest are going to be. Now, don't forget, you also have to account for taxes and insurance, whether they're bundled into your mortgage or whether or not you have to set it aside into an investment account to pay annually on your own it doesn't matter you still got to consider the the full piti and then i always add to that the the u uh and that's utilities dependent upon the type of investment this was a multi uh unit investment so you does have some utilities it'll be in, in play here but once i gave him that monthly nut he's like oh ah that was that was the kind of the end of the conversation. Oh. So people are, we are, all are price sensitive right now to the payment more than the price, I should say. And that's because of these, these massive interest rates. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens in 2024. But the best I can tell is that we're going to continue to see, guess what? Opportunities. Guess what? People seizing those opportunities. There's going to be some people on the sidelines. There's going to be some people uh, right in the thick of it. There's going to be people making and creating opportunities. I was just reading in Think and Grow Rich this morning about the people that made the best of 1929 to 1935 in their own backyards that didn't let the fear, didn't let the 
reality, air quotes, reality of the Great Depression stop them from prospering. You know, who else is going to give you money to buy? You know, they don't give you money to start a business. They don't give you money to invest in oil. But they give you money to buy real estate. So debt is the key. So as I covered my book, Second Chance, debt makes the rich richer. And secondly, taxes make the rich richer. So when I buy real estate, it is the last investment where I can make millions of dollars and pay zero tax legally. listening to the backyard millionaire how to create wealth where you are with what you've got i'm chris story along with mr david webb if you do podcasts at all i don't know if you heard my show with silas luke jones man i've been sharing that like crazy you can go to ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash podcasts and find that episode the most recent episode posted there silas luke jones He's such an incredible, I send it to a, a couple of people down in Florida that I know love music and they're just blown away by this guy. You will be too. Go check it out. I love homeralaska.com forward slash podcast over 750 episodes, including with the great, the one and the only Homer's own Silas Luke Jones. It's all there for you. Coming up in just a moment, the secret to the greatest relationship in the world. I'm going to share that with you when we return to the backyard millionaire. You're listening to the backyard millionaire, how to create wealth where you are. With what you've got, I'm Chris Story here with the secret to the greatest relationship in the world. But first, Captain's Coffee and Captain'sCoffee.com, the greatest coffee in the world. Lance Prouse, Rachel Prouse, Lee Prouse, and the entire Prouse house, they select the best beans grown in the shade on the mountains in South America. The best beans available. They only work with farmers they know that are farming organically. These are the best beans available. If you want the best beans delivered to your door, do what I do. Go to captainscoffee.com, captainscoffee.com. Let me demonstrate the product. Oh, mm. doesn't get any better than that. The secret to the greatest relationship in the world. Now you hear about a good marriage being 50-50. I'm sorry, I'll translate for the Gen Xers and above 50-50. For the millennials, that's 50-50. That's a good marriage. That's what a lot of people think. It's 50-50. I do my part. You do your part. 50-50. But the truth of it is, and I heard Bob Berg. I have to give credit to Bob Berg. It's not for me. Bob Berg said this. That's a myth. 50-50 is a myth for any relationship. But let's just stick to marriages for a minute. It's not right at all. It's not 50-50. The secret to the greatest relationship in the world is 100-100. 
when you both give 100%, that's where the magic is. That's where the magic lives. And the same goes for business relationships. How about employee-employer relationships? You know, I'm just doing my part. No, you show up as an employee and do 100% and watch how quick either your employer kicks up to 100% or you're found in demand and you're getting offers out of the blue. Like, wow, where did that, what? what? You, want me to, you want me to come to work for you? Any relationship will be improved if you just remember that little formula, 100-100. You cannot get ahead in the world by demand. You cannot get ahead in the world by doing 50% of anything. You got to do 100%. The great folly of mob mentality is that you can demand for more. And I think a lot of people look to, to marriage counseling for the counselor to demand of their spouse, he or she, they better step up, right? I mean, I'm right, right? They need to step up. They need to do more. As soon as you start asking that, you know it's you. Demand more of yourself. 100%. 100%. And there's never, you cannot move forward by demand, period. This is Otis Redding's song. This is a cover of Otis Redding's song, but I used to play for hours. I don't know how my parents tolerated it because I wasn't that good of a drummer anyway. I, I could play. Okay, I'm not going to take anything away from myself. You know that. But I, I wasn't that good. I wasn't no Buddy Rich. I wasn't like a prodigy. It wasn't Alex Van Halen. Uh, you know, um, who's the guy from Motley Crue? Tommy Lee Jones. You know, not Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Speaking of which, interesting movie called Burial just out on Prime Amazon with Tommy Lee Jones and Jamie Foxx. Very interesting. Um, about a real legal case, apparently. Anyway, um, but I used to play to this song. I just loved it. I could play this song over and over and over again in my headset and playing drums along with it. And I just, I don't know how I didn't drive them insane. Maybe I did. <laughs> Let's talk about the law of economics. I mean, it can't be that complicated, right? I mean, economics, you could go to the Wharton School. You could go to Yale or Harvard. You could study economics in, in Princeton. You could go to um, anywhere, you know. doesn't matter. You could go and study economics for a long, long time. Get a master's, get a PhD in economics, and you'd still have to master this one concept, the law of economics. You can't violate the law. You could try. Again, that'd be similar to trying to violate the law of gravity. You know, you... I went to Stanford. I know how to violate. No, you, you cannot violate a law. No matter what your thesis proposed, you cannot violate a law without a, the natural consequence. So here's the law of economics. You cannot get without giving. That's it. That's all you need to know. You just got a PhD in economics right there. You cannot get without giving. Now, the, the Corollary to this would be the law of reciprocity, which says you cannot give without getting, but give anyway. 
I mean, right? They work together hand in hand. You cannot get without giving. You cannot give without getting. Now, you don't always go to give just to get. The old adage about it's always better to give than to receive. But you can't help but receiving. It's coming at you. Give anyway. We know you're not doing it for that. But do it anyway. Napoleon Hill mapped out how to implement this law in your life for more, for more riches, for more health, prosperity, meaning, relationships, whatever it is. And this is very simple. So this is a way to apply the law of economics. So you've learned the law of economics now. How do you apply it? It's very simple. And I'll give you a second to get a piece of paper or open a notes on your, your phone. You see how I, I cander to both, both camps? Because there's some people that love to write down physically and others that want to take a note on the phone, whatever. I'm okay with either either way. Number one, according to Napoleon Hill, the way to apply the law of economics in your life, again, you cannot get without giving. Here's what he said. Select what you want. Pretty simple. It sounds simple, but if there's anything available, it's, you ever go to a restaurant and the menu is just so massive? There's a place called Blue Wasabi in Phoenix, Arizona that we like to go to. And that menu, the, wasabi, the sushi menu is so massive, so fast. It's almost like it's almost overwhelming to even look at it and you just start marking some things and next thing you know you've like overmarked or undermarked but select what you want take time don't rush it but there's a really good chance you already know there's a really really good chance that in your gut you've already got this thing like oh that's what i want go for it do it select it then you create a plan so you select what you want then you create a plan it doesn't sound any more simple than that i mean could it get more so could you distill it down to something more simple no Select what you want, create a plan. Part of your plan has to be what will you give? What will you give in exchange for what it is you want? You have to render some service. Remember, can't get without giving. What are you planning to give? What are you planning to render in form of service to get what you've selected that you want? Zig Ziglar said, you can have anything you want in life if you'll help enough other people get what they want. This is why salesmen rule the world. Then you put the plan into action. So you've selected what you want. You create the plan, including what you're willing to give. And then you put it into action. Now, Tony Robbins, if you've ever taken any courses by Anthony Robbins, or you know he always says, never leave the site of a goal-setting workshop without taking an action immediately. It could be a phone call. It could be a text message. It's, but you got, that's what's going to put this into action because otherwise you get stuck into the paralysis of analysis, overthinking, overanalyzing. Don't get caught in that trap. So again, select what you want, create a plan, including in that plan is offering something. You're going to give something. You're going to render service. What are you willing to give? Put the plan into action, meaning right now. So literally... In the next four minutes, I'm going to give you at least four minutes, four, four and a half minutes or so to not do anything but think this through. But when you're done, maybe even it's an hour after you hear this, whatever it is, before you get up, before you move on, make a phone call, send a text, pen a letter, put the plan into action. And, and I'm asking you to put this into a, a very micro period of time, condense this. It could take you another year to put this plan together, or it could take you 10 minutes because I think you've already been sort of, I think it's already in you. I think it's already there. 
So education comes from the Greek eduko, which means to come out, to draw out from within. It's already there. The education has happened. Now you just have to draw it out. You know what you want. The plan needs to be simple. It needs to be incredibly simple. Like if you can't put the plan on a single page, better yet an index card or a recipe card, or better yet the back of a business card. If you can't do it in a single page, may I suggest you're doing it wrong. So I'll give you as long as this takes. As long as it takes for you to get this done, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not judging you if you want to spend a week or a year or a month, but I'm saying you don't have to. You could do this today. You could do this right now. And that one phone call could be to a mortgage broker, could be to a realtor. Could we see, you know what? I'm interested in getting invested. I'm, re I'm ready to invest. I'm ready to commit. I'm ready to buy. I'm ready to sell. Whatever it is, I'm ready to write the book. I'm ready to take the class. I'm ready to start getting in shape. I'm ready to change my my lifestyle. I'm ready to do something. I want to start a savings account. You know, I've been hearing this knucklehead on the radio talking about having an investment account separate from my savings account. I'm going to go open that account today. Go do it. Put a dollar. Well, I don't know what the minimum is. Five bucks, hundred bucks, whatever. Put something in it. Open that account. Maybe that's the thing today. Maybe that's it. Begin today. Jim Rohn said, how long do you give your average baby to learn to walk? As long as it takes. So take the time that it takes to achieve your plan, but put the plan into action today. Select what you want, create the plan, including what you're willing to give, what you're willing to, the service you're willing to render in exchange for what it is you want. Put the plan into action today, right now. Thank you for spending this time with me. If you've liked this, you've enjoyed it, go to wherever you get podcasts subscribe, rate, and review the show. I guess they call it follow now, no longer subscribe. You know the reason they changed that? Because people started thinking of subscriptions as costing money. When podcasts are absolutely free, by and large, you can upgrade on some of them, but this one is free. So just go to uh, wherever you collect podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, wherever. We're all there, Backyard Millionaire, or just type in my name, Chris Story, and follow the show. Send it to a friend. You can go to my website, ilovehomeralaska.com, for David Webb and myself, I'm Chris Story, reminding you that yes, and I do mean you, really can make a million bucks in your own backyard.